Welcome to Mortals, a podcast where we explore how humans have dealt with death throughout history. From embalming and epitaphs to mourning and morgues, we are taking a look at rites, rituals, and practices from around the world. Mortals podcast is for the morbidly curious or the curiously morbid. This week, we are talking about the finale. This is the finale, folks. Season two is done after this. Now let's get on to the show. Hello, mortals. Welcome to the season two wrap up. Boop, boop, boop. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, insert air horns here. Uh, somehow we got to the end of a second season of doing this crazy thing that we've been doing. As completely disorganized individuals. <laughs> yeah, three very busy people trying to maintain a project that requires a lot of work in the background. Um, but we got here, and we got here because of y'all, which is super exciting. Uh, so- and our special guests this season, too. Yes, Absolutely. Um, so I think we're going to start our season two wrap up this time, not with introductions because we did that last time. So if you're like, who the fuck are these people? Go listen to our season one wrap up. Um, but we're going to start with the Spotify wrapped because we're all Spotify users. And also it's a very fun thing that Spotify just gives you as like a gift at the end of the year. That's like, Hey, do you want some data? (laughs) I love data. With some fun graphics and bright colors. Yeah. Ooh, and spinning shapes. Yeah, there was even like quizzes that tested how well we know our own podcast and not gonna lie, we failed them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, every time we were wrong. Yeah, we underestimated was the problem. Which is, you know, it's, it's nice to be surprised and happy about being wrong about that sort of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Well, it's interesting going through the Spotify wrapped of my personal stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's so different of an experience than going through this as a, as a creator, because it makes me feel so fuzzy inside. <laughs> yeah. So like to start off a huge thanks for listening to us uh, anywhere, but also on Spotify. It uh, makes it worthwhile to be doing it instead of just yelling at each other about it. <laughs> But that's also fun. It is also fun. Yeah, so Christia, do you want to give us the rundown on the Spotify? Sweet. I will be your uh, data analyst today. I'll be your... Who's the guy that sits at the computer in Kim Possible? Your Parnellope Garcia. Your uh, Agent Q. Yep. I will be your Agent Q Penelope Garcia today. Very nice (laughs) to meet you all. So according to Spotify Wrap, our listeners' podcast personality is described as the enthusiast. So it says that our listeners are super fans. When their favorite podcast releases a new episode, they're among the first to know, going above and beyond to show their support. And apparently there are seven of you out there where we're your number one podcast. So if you're one of those people, um, thank you. <laughs> imagine us giving you a big old hug. That's so, that's so great. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking wild is what it is. (laughs) So, as I mentioned, seven of you are number one fans for this podcast. Um, Thank you very much. 
to 26 of you, we are in your top five. Holy moly. And to 37 people, we are in the top 10. So if you're in any of those lists, or even if you just like casually stumbled on this episode, like, thanks for coming along. That's pretty incredible for a tiny independent, literally just the three of us, plus a special guest here and then Mm -hmm. doing this. That's amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. You're making the dream work. It's, as Mariah said, it's nice to know that it's, there's somebody out there who's listening. We're not just screaming about death into the void. (laughs) Yeah, and people listening from 17 different countries on Spotify. Hello. Fantastic. Incredible. We love you. Uh, Thanks for being here. Yeah, including in in the top five, uh, Italy and Norway, which none of us know anybody from those countries. So uh, thank you in particular yeah. to Italy and Norway, because that's just wild. <laughs> that's wild. We didn't bully you into listening it into us. <laughs> Basically. You're just here of your own volition, which is wild. <laughs> Still a huge, a huge thank you to everyone who is listening, whether we've bullied you into doing it or not. Yeah, we we appreciate you all the same. And I know there's a, there's a few people out there. I know one of my close friends, uh, we were her number three podcast this year. Shout out to Alex. Yeah. Thank you for listening. So Q coming in here with just like a little overview of our numbers, if you're curious. Uh, we This is episode 19. So that's nearly a thousand minutes of content that we've created this year, which is wild. We have heard had our voices heard in 17 countries. And uh, season two is apparently a lot more popular, or at the very least, we just have more people listening to us in general this year by about 323% over last year, which is insane. Um, so once again, thank you to everybody who has tuned in and listened to us cry, laugh, make dumb jokes, sing, sing stupid, stupid songs, songs. <laughs> <laughs> all of those things. Um, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you. So we actually reached out on our social medias, which you can follow us primarily on Instagram. We also have a Patreon for some background, behind-the-scenes tidbits and things that don't make it into episodes. We only have a $2 tier right now, but it's a great way to help support the channel. Not the channel, this isn't YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Professor Peach has just snuck in here. How did you get here, Professor? (laughs) To support the podcast. And it... You know, we do have to put some money into this podcast to maintain the website, to maintain our RSS feed and things like that. So, you know, like, we're we're not doing this for profit. We're doing this to, to chat about death and make dumb jokes. So if you want to, please consider uh, joining our $2 tier or making a donation. We would really appreciate it. But also, if you can't, don't worry about it. Just come and hang out with us. As I mentioned, we do have some social media questions uh, that fans and friends have asked us. And if you want to get a question in for next year, please consider following us on Instagram. And uh, yeah, so without further ado, the first question that we received from Allie on Instagram is, what's your favorite historical death fact? 
Yes, and this is the alley that helped lead our episode on What Remains of Edith Finch and was also with us on the episode about talking to friends about death while we were all on vacation together. That was fun. <laughs> Dear friend of the pod, Allie, who, uh, subtle plug, is working on starting a podcast of her own called The Ooh. Books and the Bees. So Ooh. keep an ear out for that. I like uh, the name. Yep, yeah, it's about reading smut with your mom. Ooh. <laughs> that's, that's so clever. I love that. So favorite historical fact. This is the one question that we got that I don't have a prepared answer for because we're always learning new shit about death all the time. I have I have one. Lay it on me. And and I complete transparency. I went and I sought out interesting death facts when this question <laughs> came in. Because I don't I don't unlike Mariah, I don't have a repertoire of death just bouncing around in my brain. Uh the word mortician was invented in approximately 1895 oh. because the word undertaker had so many bad connotations with it just because these are people who work in death care. And it seems every once in a while, the death care industry uh, reinvents titles and ways of speaking about it, which isn't unusual for things in general. Yeah. But the word mortician was invented at that time out of the word more, M-O-R-T, mm -hmm. which is death, and ishin, which was hacked off the end of the word physician. Mm. Oh. So mortician. But it, it was somewhat of a etymological mess because the suffix ishin doesn't actually exist. Or it didn't actually exist at the time. It didn't mean anything. So it's a portmanteau of mortuary physician, essentially. Essentially. Uh, but there, there are lots of words that have ishin in it, but ishin isn't the suffix. It's that the words end naturally. The first part ends in IC, like optician, optic. But it's not mortic, it's mort, right? So anyways, mortician is a, is a made-up word, made up in 1895. Uh, Damn. It was put out to, in, I think, a death care worker's journal, like, help us come up with a new name for our profession, basically. Um, however, the suffix ishin has now been adopted into words. I think there, there's a few, but not a lot of them survived. But one did that we still use today, which is beautician. Huh. Oh, dang. I was going to say, I love how this is like peak Janine fact. Not only is it a death fact, but it's also a linguistic fact, <laughs> a grammar fact. <laughs> I love this shit. Yeah. I don't know. I was just looking through and that's... Okay, that makes sense. That's the one that caught my attention. I was like, ooh, let me read about this one. Yeah. So that's how my brain works. Yeah. Christia, do you have one handy while I continue to percolate? I guess the one death fact that comes to mind is something that we've already like... Like, if somebody were to approach me on the street, which is kind of how I'm approaching this, and, and ask me, like, what's a historical death fact or a death fact... I guess I'd have to go to the idea that like you're there was a belief that your hair and nails continued to grow after death, but that is in fact a myth. It's because your skin recedes and that like the hair that's still under your skin and the nails that are still, you know, embedded under your cuticles kinda the skin recedes and it looks like things are still growing. 
I know that we've talked about that on the podcast before, but yeah, that's something that's always, <laughs> I don't blame people for like people in, in the past for believing that hair and nails continue to grow. Yeah. Cause that was um, a whole thing during the vampire panic, right? Exactly. Yeah. So like, it's like a, it's a multifaceted fun fact because it also ties into things like vampires and, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, undeath. Yeah. I'm sure there's still people, there's still people nowadays that believe that that's a thing yeah. that don't know. Cause it's just thrown around. Like, yeah, this is a fact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think if I had to settle now on favorite historical fact right now, I think it would be about the fact that the doctor who built the guillotine was supposedly born prematurely due to the sounds of someone being like, broken on the wheel i remember that from your guillotine episode yeah the dr guillotine throwback yeah the irony involved in that that he went on to try and one abolish the death sentence and when that was completely impossible tried to come up with a great equalizer in death and then the terrible irony of that coming into law immediately before the french revolution just it's got a smack of that good narrative shit. Because I also thought about it being to do with the body snatchers. Because that whole saga, is it's a long string of facts. As most historical records are. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the inventor of the guillotine being apparently rumored to have been born prematurely due to the, uh, the sound of somebody being broken on the wheel. I think it's going to be my current favorite historical fact. Death fact. It's a very dramatic one. Yeah. Yes. And also, hysterically, is mostly based off of uh, a rumor that may have been posthumously added. That should happen all the time, though, so that also wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, the fact that that was a detail that was added to the story of Dr. Guillotin, whether that tidbit itself is true, is another situation. Um, but we're here to talk about death, not epistemology. I heard we have more questions. We do indeed, and uh, I was just kind of taking a peruse at our previous episodes, because I don't know if this is going to be one that I necessarily have an answer for, Mm. but Freddie asks, were there any notable unanswered questions from any of the topics covered, whether questions you simply couldn't find the answer to, or actual unsolved mysteries of history, such as the location of Alexander's body? If you could choose just one such question to learn the answer to, which question would you pick? I guess that's really more like two questions, so... I mean, yeah, I think uh, I think they nailed it on the head. I want to know where the fuck Alexander the Great's body is. Completely <laughs> fair. Yeah. Where is it? Where is it? Because, like, my, my secondary would be um, why sometimes when people were disinterred, as we learned in the Taphophobia episode, with their own hair in hand having been ripped out of their head, because that was the one thing they couldn't really explain. Right. But primarily, mm-hmm. I'm like, where the fuck is Alexander the Great? I mean, yeah, that's a that's a pretty solid mystery that people have been mulling over for eons. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't have a big one, but I have a, a few little ones and a silly one. So yes, because people were found with hair in their hands, were there actually people who were buried alive? It seems there must have been, although it wasn't quite as uh, widespread Mm -hmm. as one might believe. I also would like to know where 
Alexander's body <laughs> is. Uh, another one is, and I think this is answered by a separate video game, but what happened to the, the one son in the, oh, What Remains of Eden Finch game that disappeared? Yeah, the one who went into the The one book that book. disappeared. I want to know, and apparently that's in another video game, so someone told me. How about you, Christia? What's what's your big one, and then what's your follow-ups if that was... If you had the option to tag someone for having a very good first one. Well, I don't even know, like, so... Obviously, I'm the worst. I left halfway through season two because I was very overwhelmed with putting together an exhibit for work. I was overwhelmed with uh, YouTube channel stuff. I was just... I needed to take a step back. So I don't have as many episodes to really pull on. But the episodes that I talked about, like, there isn't... There's not really a great mystery around it, you know? Well, you talk pull very from any other episodes topics. as well. I don't know. Like, I don't... There's lots of people that I, like... There are people unrelated or, like, we haven't talked about bodies, their bodies in the podcast. But, like, uh, Alexander's a big one. Uh, since I was very young, I've always wondered, like, once upon a time, I was an archaeologist and I really wanted to do, like, uh, academic archaeology. And I became a commercial archaeologist instead and sold my soul and it was awful. <laughs> and then <laughs> I got into museum work instead. But I was always like, I want to know where Nefertari is. Mm. Because so much work has been done on trying to find out uh, where this egyptian queen was buried so i've always really i've always like i kind of follow news about her you know with interest there's like a bunch of roman emperors too that you know there's a lot of ancient bodies that we just don't know where they ended up yeah yeah i don't know if i i don't think i have a satisfactory answer for this one just because the topics that I covered this season are so broad and, like, non-specific. <laughs> um, or at the very least, I can't think of a mystery that goes along with them. So I'm going to have to, I'm gonna, I might have to just have a pass on this question. So I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> I also have an extra question that is a, a deep throwback. And I'm like, what is NASA's actual secret plan for civilian deaths in space? Oh, ah, yeah. Is it, isn't it that it doesn't have one? Well, no, because for the astronauts, they don't, because astronauts are extremely specialized scientists, but they're increasing the number of civilians who are not hyper-trained and monitored for their health in space. So what does NASA have a plan for when Elon Musk gets somebody killed in space? Hmm. I, I gotta say, dude, that's still, I think, one of my favorite episodes. Like, Same. <laughs> we started, you started the, the podcast, like, downhill so from there. No, no, it has not. <laughs> it was just, like, such an interesting and very, like, relevant topic to things that are happening. Like, that's... Yeah, I mean, we sent William Shatner into space and nobody had a fucking plan if that was too much for the man. Like... Yeah. <laughs> you, should do, you should do a Death in Space Part 2 in the next couple of years. Yeah, once somebody actually dies in space, we'll have a fucking hullabaloo around here. <laughs> <laughs> so our next question is from listener Casey. And they ask, what is each podcast member's favorite morbid topic to discuss and why? Good question. Favorite 
morbid topic. I can start this one if you guys want. Can I guess what I yours is? I think we is? know your answer. <laughs> oh, if you, what do you think my answer is? Uh, ancient world uh, and material Rome. culture. <laughs> Was that? I wouldn't consider that like a morbid topic, though, would it? Like it's a topic, but is it grave necessarily goods? morbid? Grave goods, yeah. You got you got me. At grave goods. <laughs> I, I wasn't. I didn't even think of that. But yeah, I guess I should also <laughs> say grave goods. I'm the material. I'm a material girl. <laughs> yeah, I I do love me a solid grave good. I like to see what people believed were important to bring with them to the afterlife. I'm also. I, this also is not surprising considering I've done two episodes on it now. Uh, but I'm really interested in like history and animals, specifically like death and pets. Because, as we've explored in those two episodes, we know about pets because of how much people loved them and because of how much care that their owners, their friends, put into remembering them. And I think it just, it comes back to love, you know? It's the same with grave goods. It's, the dead person didn't get, like, they didn't choose what went with them. It's people who love them that are... You know, it's an express. It's an expression of love, and that's what I like. I like happy things. I like, <laughs> I like love. I love love. <laughs> I love love. And, you know, humanity is actually good sometimes, and these little tokens and things, whether they're buried with our our favorite cat or you know our grandma or a spouse or a sibling. Are just like an extension of that, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that as my answer. <laughs> what about you two? I know that for me, and part of it's just a reflection that I'm kind of a pragmatic person, um, who also is an absolute fiend for narrative satisfaction. But the topics I always gravitate to are convoluted stories about body disposition, hmm. uh, which I'm sure everybody is it the mystery. I, oh, I'm sure everybody's noticed this as a trend. So, like, the Body Snatchers, Alexander the Great's Missing Tomb, uh, Vampire Panic. Like, all of this stuff that has to do with the practicalities of body disposition and all of the shit that surrounds it. I love that shit. It's fascinating. What about it? Like, what's the what's the draw? I think part of it is, is the pragmatism part of it, of it, of it having a concrete impact on things and also anything that tells a good story because a good story is how you teach a person something in a way that is entertaining and fun and they'll remember it because it's part of a procedure of steps to get from like point a to point b um i have worked as a teacher and a tutor and that sort of thing in the past and while i'm not inclined to go into the teaching profession it is something that i like doing is to be like do you want to know a cool thing and they go, yeah, and then they enjoy learning the new thing. And so having stories that have uh, both concrete material components that people can relate to by virtue of having a human body, plus the the narrative structure that makes it fun and easy to learn about a thing is just very enticing. It's, it's tasty. Nom, 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 nom. So nom, nom, nom. two out of three answers so far are related to stories. Wow. I, I don't think I have like a, a topic answer. I have like a flavor or a genre. I think that's how we've all kind of answered. Yeah. So um, 
I really enjoy, although they take a lot of, a lot of research and a lot of background searching and digging. I really like the ones where you, you narrow in on a historic period in a place and you say, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> like the Klondike episode. Yes. Like taphophobia. So like what is happening in this place at this time as regards death and dealing with bodies and stuff like that. Yeah. And I floated earlier, not publicly, but just within among us three, an episode idea for this season, season two, that I didn't get to, unfortunately, that I do really want to follow up on in season three. I don't know if I want to share it because I can't promise that I'm actually going to get to it. But that requires a lot of effort and research that I'm not always prepared to do given the busy schedule. But I do really want to do more episodes like that because they feel very rewarding when I'm done. I feel like I've learned something and I've become a more well-rounded, knowledgeable individual for it. Not that the other ones aren't. Like the eulogies episode, for example, was really, really fun. Um, and I do feel like I picked up some interesting tidbits from that one, but I wasn't quite as satiated by it as I would be by like the, the Klondike episode of Taphophobia was probably the deep dives, the, the best example from this season. So yeah, that's what I like to do. You're it's very much showing your historian background with that because yes, that's what we do. Especially, I will add, especially when something is an aberration from the norm. Like, we've done this for so long, but there's this weird thing happening that's forcing us to do body disposition differently. Or there's this mania going around where we believe people are being buried alive and we have <laughs> to find a solution to this. I don't know. I just like that shit. Because history is about change over time. It's not just a set of dates and facts and all that kind of stuff. It's about how humanity and society and everything has changed over time. How humans not always evolve, uh, but just change. Could be better, could be worse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Could be samesies, but also changing in a weird way. Uh, that's why I love history, so. So, we have one more question from a listener from freddie it's a light one what is the go-to snack while researching or editing <laughs> i feel like the fact that we are all drinking cider right now as we are <laughs> finishing this as we are recording this season two finale is very telling uh, because i think that we usually more often than not i think we all have a beverage of some sort going on might not always be you know a hard Easy. beverage, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, while, while researching and editing, though, is a good question. Because, I mean, I, just to jump in here, um, am a chronic procrastinator who will just think about a thing for a really long time until there's a lot of external pressure and there's consequences for fucking it up. Uh, and then I do it all at once. <laughs> and in those cases, I actually don't snack on anything because I'm go into hyper-focus mode and I forget that I need to intake calories of any kind. But while editing, I am almost always drinking coffee while I'm editing, even if I have to reheat it several times. But just coffee at a desk is such a 
work mode thing that I picked up while I was working in Japan. I imagine the smell might also be like... A little bit. It's time to work. Not necessarily like actually drinking it, but just having like mm. the vibe of I mean, a cup of coffee on by, your desk. By the time that I put the amount of cream and sugar in my coffee that I usually put in my coffee, you do no, you no longer get that strong coffee smell out of it. That's fair. So coffee and or cider. Uh, I drink cider. If I'm drinking during an episode, it will be tea or cider or sour beer. I'm not a regular beer person. I like sour beer because I like fruit. And sour beers taste to me like non-sugary cider. So that's my beverages of choice. I don't really snack while we're recording because it'll show up in the uh, the audio. And I don't actually snack while I'm editing yeah, either. Yeah, you kind of need both hands like on the keys and on the mouse for... Yeah. Doing things quickly. But the usual way that when I edit episodes, I usually, uh, I'm edited in the morning. So I'll wake up at like 6.45, have coffee or tea or whatever I'm having in the morning, have breakfast, and then I'll start editing right away. And I got, I got faster at it and I've been finishing them in about four hours or so. By, by, so by the time I'm done, it's lunchtime. So then I listen back to my run through of the episode while I'm eating lunch. And that's just whatever I want to eat for lunch that day. Hell yeah. You guys have, like, such pragmatic approaches to snacking. Like, Mariah's, like, so, like, refined. Like, a cup of coffee. Nothing else. A cup of coffee and a cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just a slut for food and drink. (laughs) (laughs) The phrasing. Which is, like, a super crass thing to say, but, you know... Eating and drinking is genuinely, like, my favorite thing to do on this earth. You know, I am here. I was put on this earth to eat good food and drink nice drinks. We're we're pro-hedonism here. Exactly. You want, (laughs) like, if I was a sin, I would be gluttony. And I own that with my whole heart. (laughs) Which does does make me wonder, just off off the back of that... Um, what all of us would, like, assign ourselves if we were since. Because you've already said gluttony. Um, yeah. Mm. Or, like, gluttony or lust. Like, I've got a lust for life. Not in, like, the sexy sense, <laughs> but just, like... The most wholesome I, form of lust. Yes. I desire many things. Oh, yeah. Mainly good food. Because I guess gluttony is like an overindulgence. So maybe, I think maybe lust just because mine is, you know. For all the things. A desire for things. Yeah. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Mine would fully be pride. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, I think mine would also be pride, but in like a very self-destructive way. Yeah. Perfectionism. Like, yes, the, the pride hurts myself most of all. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I say pride because I'm a bit of a control freak in my real life. Uh, Not of other people, just like of myself and the situations in which I find myself. A nice little extra bonus question for us there. So anyway, my favorite snack. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess for real, though, for those that are just itching to know, um, I drink a wide variety of beverages, including tea and coffee. I enjoy fine wines, both red, white, and pink. I enjoy cocktails. I enjoy ciders. I enjoy beer. 
I right now like snacking I don't usually I'm the same way I don't I, I'm very anal about my keyboard I hate having grimy fingers on my keyboard and I share my computer currently with my partner who is a filthy little man who I adore very much but he's a filthy little man <laughs> filthy little man could also describe your cat so I've got I live with two filthy little men you've got a type yeah <laughs> So I do really enjoy, I actually love just like really simple stoned wheat thin crackers and cheese and pickles if I have them. That's like a solid go-to snack for me. Some little like and canapes. <laughs> almost. Well, it's, it's like, you know, yeah. just like block cheddar or whatever. Like if I have fancier cheese, which I sometimes do, well, often do, or like baguette and cheese. Like the Mediterranean snacks. Like, you give me yeah. a fucking charcuterie board, I'll fucking annihilate that. You give me a loaf of French bread, it'll be gone in an hour. Like, not even, no, not like even an minutes, hour. dude. <laughs> an hour is if you're dawdling. If you're really savoring. Yeah, I also like grapes, and right now it's, we're in, we're recording this in December, December 2nd. And uh, it's tiny orange season, so I love, like, mandarin oranges. Oh, Mekons are so good. Mm-hmm. So, so good. So that it kind of co- brings us to the end of the listener questions. Which, thank you for sending those, friends! Thank you! Yeah! So, I have a question for you two. What was your favorite episode to research and record this season? Mm. I think I've already spilled the beans without intending to. Tapophobia. The Tapophobia one was really great. It's always great when you can get a good book and read it. I just love that. And it just tells you everything you need to know, and you can type out your notes for your episode, and it's just... It's such a compelling story as well. You you two were talking about stories earlier, and it's just, like, humanity getting all swept up in something, which is what humanity does from time to time. Not always. And trying to explain something that unsettles them and trying to fix a problem that they believe is happening, uh, however well-intentioned they are in really absurd ways. So that was a fun one as well, because sitting now in the present, we could laugh about it. Like, ha ha ha, that's so funny that they thought they needed to do all these things to make sure that people were actually dead. Uh, But that's kind of what science is. You just try things until you find something that works. So I don't know. It was it was just really fun, lighthearted, but also that like hit that sweet spot of the way I like to research and frame, narratively frame things. Uh, so yes, that was my favorite, the Taphophobia episode. Yeah, I have a harder time with this because this is the season where I finally got to do Alexander the Great, which I've been talking about doing basically since we started this podcast. That being said, it was one of those topics that I started into and was like, there's fucking multiple lifetimes of research about this person and about all of the shit that surrounds him. So as much as I'm like, they turned out pretty good. I think my favorite for research was human composting. And I think I think my favorite for recording was uh, New England Vampire Panic. And the difference is that the composting one, because it was something that I knew vaguely about, but like connecting all of the dots and learning about like the science behind it was really satisfying. 
uh, and I felt really gave me the robust tools that I need to talk to people about it, talk to other people about it in real life uh, to kind of bring them around to being like, hey, maybe this should be an option versus the New England Vampire Panic. Part of the reason that I enjoyed recording that one so much is because I was very pleased with the way that I set up the narrative of being like, okay, we're going to start in the 80s and then we're going to go back 200 years. <laughs> and then like doing the jump around of connecting these seemingly disparate things to this localized phenomena. It just had that narrative what? satisfaction. Yeah. So that one, yeah, for recording, I think was that one. Also, you weren't here for this one, but the talking to your friends about death yes. was really fun to record as well because we got to record it in person, which was which so was weird, but different so nice. and presented it presented different challenges because people are at different distances from the microphone, so volume is different, and you have to make sure a little bit more tightly that you're not really talking over people as much, but to be in the same room having a conversation was really great. And I wish we could do that more often with the three of us, but unfortunately we don't all live in the same place, so. Yeah, no, definitely honorable shout out to that one. And also to What yeah. Remains of Edith Finch that we did with Allie, because it was so nice to be like, we're getting an episode and neither of us have to do the research. <laughs> we just need yes, to play and slash a big, watch a game. Big, big thank you to Allie and to Ginny as well who was on the Talking to Friends About Death episode. Um, thank you so much for joining us. That was wonderful. I was sad that I missed those, but I hope, hopefully, there will be more of those in the future. So I only did, I realized I'm ashamed to say I only led three episodes this season. So I think it's really hard for me to pick a favorite of the three that I did, though, because I feel like they kind of sum up my prime areas of interest, like historical interest. We got the history of pets, got the, the pets massacre. I did Roman funerals and Memento Mori. Doing Ro Roman funerals felt like something that I should have done a long time ago, mm -hmm. uh, just because of my background and because I, like I've said on these episodes is I don't, I'm originally like I have a classics degree uh, in my naive undergraduate dream, I would have been an archaeologist working in Italy or Greece somewhere. And I really enjoy the opportunity to flex those muscles mm -hmm. to, you know, talk about ancient Rome and things like that and, and do research on that, that I, on things that I don't know about because I don't know everything about ancient Rome or ancient Greece or what have you. So I'm looking forward to that in season three. But I also just really enjoyed the pets episode. I think that one was, it was a topic that because of the pets massacre, mm -hmm. which is something that I had never heard of, you guys had never heard of, yeah. and I don't think most people have ever heard of. Like it's a, such a, there's so much focus on like World War history, on battle movements. This is the type of plane they were flying, et cetera, et cetera. And... I appreciate when people, including Janine, who's done a lovely project, her master's project on World War One history and an aspect that isn't usually covered. I like looking at these big historical events and kind of turning these uh, these ideas on their head and looking at it from different 
aspects. So the Pets Massacre was looking at like World War II history from the perspective of a pet owner. And I thought that was really interesting. Like that one, I think, was the most satisfying for me. But they were all nice. So I, I can't. It's like picking between your children. It's hard. <laughs> well, here's a. I'll pick my favorite child. <laughs> <laughs> I know what mine is. Well, I guess on the back side of that is the flip side of that, which we also asked in our season one wrap up of what is your favorite episode led by not yourself? So mm. I kind of have an answer prepared for this. So I went and listened to uh, some of the episodes where I was not there. And I, in the Roman funerals episode, we talked about eulogies. Mm-hmm. And so I was mm. like, and you had mentioned that that had come up in the anatomy of a eulogy. And so I was listening into it a couple days ago and I wanted to cut in so many times. I was just like, oh, I can say this. About, oh, why wasn't I there for this? <laughs> um, but I'm really glad that ultimately, like we kind of came full circle with that topic with me talking about Roman funerals mm-hmm. and you guys had discussed like Julius Caesar, and then we talked about it. So in a way, I just found it very satisfying that despite showing up 15 minutes late with Starbucks, <laughs> we still had that whole discussion. Christia is at the gates. Let me in! <laughs> I, I was really glad that that kind of unintentionally, completely unintentionally, because I hadn't listened to the episode when we recorded the Roman funerals episode, it unintentionally came full circle, which I thought was really great. I think as I was recording it, I was thinking, man, it would be nice if Christy was here. (laughs) Well, at one point, you guys were like, uh, I think Janine made some comments like, well, I'm not the resident classicist. And I'm just like, that's me, and I'm not there. (laughs) (laughs) The FOMO is intense. Yes. Um, As far as Mariah's episode, I loved the Alnwick prison prison garden. (laughs) I loved the Alnwick poison garden. I thought it was really neat. And... uh, Made me look into some things. Well, shucks. Which, (laughs) shockingly, was apparently our most popular episode on Spotify, which was not... I didn't expect that at all. Yeah. Uh Me me and the the other listeners, you know, we've all got the same taste. Yeah, as fascinating as the Anwick Poison Garden is, for sure. Mm -hmm. I liked the Vampire Panic episode. That was a solid number two, I think. Halloween. Actually, also Alexander the Great. Like the part two of Alexander the Great slaps. <laughs> That's the one you're in, yeah. <laughs> um, I also liked your Death and Pets episode. The favorite Christie episode was, yeah, the Pet Cull of 1939. In the last couple of days, I powered through almost the entirety of season two just to remember what was going on because there was, there was some shit happening in the background that made production... A little bit more sporadic and while spread out a little more equally this season also <laughs> kind of backfired a couple of times just in conflict with life but so i re-listened to that one and that one had me like tearing up while i was cleaning this morning Aww. and then in terms of my favorite janine episode i think it's got to be taphophobia i and part of that is just because you were so stoked about it yes <laughs> Um, and because it is one that has that narrative structure, there's that story to it, right? Of it being like translated with all of these additions and then the translator like gets into it. It's almost like he got red pilled into this paranoia (laughs) 
like I was re-listening to it thinking about how nurses of 20 years get tricked into being anti-vax like that like the zeitgeist in the and like you said almost like a mania or a, a hysteria that forms around a very specific thing that no one was previously worried about mm-hmm. uh, which was fascinating both the first time and then re-listening to it and being like huh that one was one of the ideas that I that came out of that death and the afterlife book so right. maybe that one will do me lucky book do me well and but also like shout out to what even is green burial yes that was a good one yeah. too that one was like uh, I listened to that one yesterday while I was sketching out my dream desk at work that was a good one uh that one was so long ago i can't even remember most of it but uh yeah it seems like the the natural way to go i mean yeah what was interesting just like the local aspect the fact that like royal oak burial like that's here that's crazy you can go visit yeah i haven't yet i said i might but i haven't yet (laughs) because i'm busy if you want to do a you and me field trip i'll be with you in spirit We'll just, like, zoom Mariah in. So, I guess, final question of the wrap-up. Any thoughts or ideas for Season 3? That's right. I mean, I, th- I think it's interesting to look at Season 3 now that we've done two seasons and kind of seen how things have changed from Season 1 to Season 2. So, in Season 1, the lion's share of all of the editing fell on Janine. Mm-hmm. And while we were a little bit more consistent... I feel like we've really started to hit our stride in terms of how we do research, how we format, uh, like our notes and our scripts. And also now that the rest of us have learned to edit our own episodes, me, I learned how to edit my own episodes. So it's a redistribution of the, of the workload to make things more equitable so that we all can actually do the research and do all of the work that goes into it. I don't know about you guys, but I definitely feel like I got better at uh, preparing to present and doing presentation of topics, which is really interesting, and also getting better at drilling in on the things that lend well to presentation. Mm-hmm. I've definitely, I definitely feel like, because I prefer it when episodes are shorter so that's kind of what i mm. for the episodes that i lead i try and be as concise as possible mm-hmm. um but i also have a little bit of experience with this already just because i have the youtube channel yeah but i have found overall that between the youtube channel and mortals i have gotten better and also just like giving tours at work and just like yeah. talking with people about things my presentation is a lot better just in general I'm giving a talk with a historical society tomorrow and I'm not as nervous about it as I would be otherwise. Like it's You've built the skill this ain't my first radio. Yeah, it's a it's a skill that I've mm-hmm. have uh worked on. And I'm still definitely like <laughs> I'm not meaning to toot my own horn or anything here, but like I still have a long way to go. Um, but I'm happy with the progress I've made. Mm-hmm. Even just since, like, the beginning, like, the very first episode. Like, I feel like, in general, also, just, like, our general quality of the podcast is better. Yeah. Um, I know that we... 
I think I listened back to the very first episode and the audio is kind of crunchy and, you know, yeah. we're still learning. I think that's like the, the, the story of every single podcast <laughs> ever. Yeah. And apparently we have done more podcast episodes than the average podcast person, which is cool. So, yeah, you know, we've stuck to it. We're consistent, which is probably a lot easier because we're three people instead of just one person yeah. by themselves. So... Some weeks you just show up and you listen to somebody talking about poison gardens or uh, tapophobia or, you know, the, the pet cull of 1939, you know, which is, can be a nice break if you're feeling overwhelmed or sometimes we'll rearrange the way episodes are so that Janine gets to talk about World War One history around uh, the anniversary of uh, November 11th or... Mariah wants to talk about the vampire panic. We we are all very flexible, but we've also remained, myself excluded, fairly consistent, which is great. <laughs> Goal for season three is to manage my time better and to not, hmm. um, just to be better and to be more present. So that's fair enough. I think for myself, I never really felt from the beginning like any nerves about presentation or anything like that. I feel like I, maybe I'm not super prepared every single time, but I feel pretty well prepared in general with the information that I come with and the way that I want to talk about things. Um, but sometimes I am my own worst enemy and the way that I have arranged my notes are not the way that I will turn out as a good episode in the end. So I would love to improve upon that in the future yeah but as far as like the the presentation of things um i think i'm i'm okay i do tend to and and this is just a the way that i am in general in real life sometimes i just i'm looking for that specific word (laughs) that i know is the exact word that means the exact thing i want to say but my brain will will pick up other words that are like close enough, but I want to find that exact word. So sometimes like my presentation can be a bit stunted in that way, which I, I do realize, but uh, work in progress. Yeah. But I do, I, I just really relish finding that exact precise word that means the exact thing that I want to say, because that's what language is, right? There's a word, in, the English language is so extensive. There's a word for like everything. Um, so if you hear me doing that or pausing or having a having a moment like that then that's what I'm trying to do um and I'm just trying to do it because I want to communicate precisely effectively I just did it I literally I, yeah just we watched <laughs> you do it uh which is pretty funny yeah and like season two we had we had our fair share of hiccups we um kind of unexpectedly had a, a long hiatus uh, which kind of changed workload around which is Sorry. It's fine. It's fine. This is not a call out. <laughs> we are humans. Uh, but yeah, going into season three, hopefully we'll be able to to smooth out even more kinks, get more efficient, just on the up and up all the time on top of our normal full-time jobs and lives, which I guess more back to the original question, do you guys have at least like one topic that you're super stoked to do in season three? I've got a couple, like not one specific topic, but... I think I mentioned this last year, but I really wanted to talk about music again. Mm-hmm. 
and mm. like death and music is something that I'd really like to revisit. I'm really interested in the blues and uh, the overlap with, you know, death and the blues and that sort of thing. I'll definitely be going back to the ancient world again. I, at one point, I think for this season, I really wanted to do like an analysis of Greek tragedy and yeah. death because I love that shit. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing concrete yet, but I'm really, um, I, my goal for you guys, I guess, more for the listeners is to have two episodes written before we even record episode one. I want to, I want to hit the ground running with season three. I have four things that I'm like, I want to have scripts done before February, but I'm like the big one that I'm really excited to do is to talk about the terracotta soldiers and and that necropolis. I was there once. Oh, I'm so jealous. You can use a cheesy photo of me as a teenager standing next to one. I'm I'm excited to use that as the thumbnail. That and Bog Bodies are the two that I'm really gung-ho about for season three. Those are good ones. I don't like to make promises. I I made a, not a promise, but I I teased a topic last year that I never got to. So I don't want to disappoint (laughs) people. I'm the same way. That's why I'm trying to keep it vague. So I'm just like, I, I may do these. I would like to, instead of my usual doing something around Remembrance Day, next year I... If if it will be allowed, I would like to do the one closer to Halloween. Yeah. Um, I would love... I've never read Frankenstein. I would love to, to read Frankenstein and dig into all of that and, like, pair it with the, the novel. Yeah. Could we do a little Frankenstein book club for that, maybe? <gasps> oh, that would be great. Yes, I think that sounds like a lovely idea. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our podcast yes very very much thank you from the bottom of our hearts i'm sorry or maybe you were glad that i wasn't around um and if you are glad that i wasn't around well too bad because i'm back (laughs) all i can think of is the circularity of the episode that you came back you your first thing was i'm back bitches Despite the cursing, we do appreciate you very much for spending your precious, precious minutes of your life with these three fucking hobby thanatologists, these three nerds, yelling into the void that is the internet and finding purchase in your beautiful, you. precious ears. We love you! It's, we, we truly do appreciate it so, so much, and... Uh, We hope you stick around for season three, whenever that may start in the new year. At some point in 2023, we will return. And until then, uh, please have a very good winter season. Stay safe out there, mortals. Mortals Podcast is created, hosted, and edited by three morbidly curious individuals. Christia, Mariah, and Janine. You can find us on Twitter at Podcast Mortals, on Instagram at Mortals underscore podcast, and on our website, mortalspodcast.com. Show your support, access bonus content, and help us keep ads out of your ears by joining our community at patreon.com slash mortalspodcast. Our music is A Mermaid's Eulogy by Etienne Roussel. 
Thanks for listening, mortals. Take care of yourselves out there. Thank you. Y'all are red. Season two is done.